you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey guys, so glad you could join me again at the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Super excited because today's concept is called Flower Child, and it's a fast-growing chain of restaurants And we're going to talk all about brand development and brand building. So let's start with what makes this restaurant so unique. Well, it's the menu that really stands out. They're dairy-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan, vegetarian, and paleo. And their tagline is healthy food for a happy world. Now, how cool is that? I'm speaking with Ms. Anita Walker, who's the vice president of marketing. And we're going to talk all about how they build awareness for this brand, you know, the challenges of fast growth, how to sustain intense customer loyalty and repeat business, and the all-important power of social media marketing and online reviews. And even more than that, how to respond to negative reviews because no matter how many great experiences that you deliver to your customers, you're still going to get some reviews that are not positive because it's impossible to serve everyone and meet their expectations every single person, every single time. And Anita has so many really cool ideas and techniques on how Flower Child does just that. So stay tuned to this episode. Really excited to bring it to you. You know, scheduling staff is like being an air traffic controller. Sticky notes, emails, texts. There's so many requests. Your employees say, I didn't see the schedule. I can't work Friday. I need to switch with Sally. I asked for time off. Well, it's time to land those planes. With hot schedules, all requests go into one system to build the perfect schedule. Staff can get their schedule seven ways, including a powerful app. They can easily communicate with managers, pick up, or change a shift in just a few clicks. There's even a template for recurring schedules based on sales, traffic, budgets, you name it. See why Hot Schedules is the number one staff scheduling app on iTunes and why over 170,000 restaurants in over 60 countries are using Hot Schedules to save time, manage costs, and grow their business. Go to hotschedules.com forward slash free hyphen trial for a free demo. I'll repeat that, hotschedules.com forward slash free hyphen trial for the free demo. Check it out. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and these are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, especially in this episode, rock their profits and deliver amazing guest service experiences. With me today is Anita Walker, and she is the Vice President of Marketing for the Fox Restaurant Group, and we're going to be talking all about a really amazingly unique concept called Flower Child with multiple national locations. Welcome to the show today, Anita. Roger, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. This is really exciting. I love the tagline of Flower Child. I think healthy food for a happy world really captures your imagination. But literally, this restaurant has a healthy menu made up of vegetarian, vegan, paleo, gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, all kinds of options for that specific niche. And uh, I think that's amazing and wonderful that you're doing this. It's all sustainable too, I'm sure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we um, wanted to set out and discover um, what our guests really wanted in a healthy restaurant. And we just found out that what most important to them was 
the sense of happiness and this experience inside the sword that left them feeling satisfied. And so many times people leave restaurants and it just doesn't feel good. Maybe we overindulge, maybe we overeat and that's fine every once in a while. Trust me. I, I take part in that all the time, but for your every day, you want to feel great when you leave a restaurant. And so that's what flower child's all about. Can you tell us how the concept came to be and where the whole idea for flower child really, really originated? Certainly. Um, You may know we had a previous concept named True Food Kitchen, um, and we were really at the forefront of kind of the healthy eating um, restaurant boom with True Food Kitchen. But True Food Kitchen is sit down, table service. And with the success of that, um, Sam said, gosh, we got to figure out a way to get into people's every day. Um, and so Flower Child was born. Um, we wanted something where people, again, would come in and just leave with a sense of happiness and have the spirit of um, freedom to come in and out. And so the name Flower Child um, came to mind, a stuck, and it just really epitomizes what the experience is today. Well, when did True Food Kitchen really begin? How long, how long did that concept operate? And now how long has Flower Child been operating? Yeah, um, our first True Food Kitchen actually opened in 2010 okay. in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, and we recently sold it to um, an, a capital investor um, who took it over about a year and a half ago and now is growing it all over the nation. We're very proud. Um, Oprah's an investor in it. It just really is something that is special to our heart and really showed America that we're ready for healthy food, but healthy food that tastes delicious. And so during that success, we said, okay, again, how can we get into people's everyday, be a part of their lifestyle? And so we created Flower Child, um, and Flower Child's a, uh, you know, it is quicker. We don't like to say it's fast casual because of all the love and the attention that goes into the food. We have a full kitchen and a very small space, though we do get your food in t- seven to 10 minutes. So it's fast, but so much care and attention goes into the kitchen experience of food. It doesn't feel right to say it's fast casual. Um, so we opened our first one in 2014. Uh, so about four to five years ago, and it was an immediate success. I love it. I think that's a really great, uh, unique story. Let me ask you something. Can you tell us where the name came from? Is it sort of a 60s vibe and feel by any chance? Because that is a 60s term, you know? It- it is a 60s term. Um, we, we absolutely gravitated to this spirit of, you know, freedom, of love, of happiness, of um, being individual. And really, that's what our menu was. And we can create a, a dish for any appetite, for any diet. And it really is just this freedom to eat however you want, whatever works for your body, whatever your diet. And so it's just a spirit of freedom. And so Flower Child just really felt right. And we were actually very surprised that it wasn't taken. It was available. Wow. Um, and we grabbed it. <laughs> I'm really surprised to hear that too. Yeah, you think it, that, was, it, oh, was, wow. it really surprised us. We were yeah. happy about it. I'll bet. That's great. I mean, the name fits perfectly. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally getting it. So with that said, okay, we got this whole 60s naming going on. 
Can you describe the, are, are all the stores different from an ambiance standpoint? When you walk into a flower child, is it universal or are they all different in their own way? And how would you describe the ambiance in a typical flower child? Yeah, we at Fox are not good at doing anything the same. <laughs> so they all feel incredibly different um, from the market, though they do have threads of art that um, brings them together. For example, we have um, quotes that um, go along every single wall that you might see in different iterations. Um, you see a picture of Twiggy um, that comes in different formats, um, different sizes, um, different ways, different murals all around our stores. But other than that, um, they're very unique to their space. Um, for example, we have a local artist in Charlotte that's doing an entire mural dedicated to bees and pollination and what that does for our earth. And um, so he's doing a mural all across the um, Charlotte location outside. Um, and so we really tried to make it very local, but also, again, in the spirit of what Flower Child is. And um, it's just freedom and happiness and just feeling good when you leave. Absolutely. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Now, Twiggy, from what I recall, I think she was a British model back in the yeah. 60s. Am I yeah. correct about that? And she was very she tall was. and thin. Mm -hmm. you know, Short and the, blonde hair and just yeah. really the face yeah. of flower children. Um, right, just right. her simplicity and her big, beautiful eyes and short blonde hair. And, um, you know, so she is, she's just become a really iconic piece of art for the brand. I got to ask the next question. So is there a certain vibe of music or genre that gets played? Is it British Invasion? Is it Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young? Is it 60s at all? Or is it an eclectic mix of everything? What's the it's very eclectic. And it depends yeah. on the day. It depends on the market. And okay. so each of our locations have a different vibe. And so if you're in Santa Monica, you know, it feels very beachy. Um, and if you're in Charlotte, it just feels, you know, a little bit more eclectic, a little bit more, you know, old rock. So it just depends on the market and we try to be really relevant. Okay. Are the menus consistent from store to store? Does that change as well? The menus are mostly consistent. Um, we have a few extras such as a red fish that's served in Texas. We have some local beers. We have some local kombuchas. Um, but for the most part, they're very consistent and they're very abundant. We have hundreds and hundreds of different um, options. You can make a plate with chicken and a, you know, two sides. Um, we have five wraps. We have five to six bowls that change um, seasonally. So it, it is a, a very compelling menu. We're really proud of it. Okay, let's back up and ask. I have to ask this question because I ask all of my guests, what is their introduction to hospitality or restaurants? Have you worked in restaurants prior to your marketing background? Yeah, so when I was in college, I uh, worked at my first restaurant. I worked at a sushi restaurant in Tempe near ASU and got my first taste of the restaurant life. I loved the energy. I loved being there at night um, and I just loved being around people in the, in my restaurant. It was, I probably was a better, uh, social server than I was at getting, um, my clients and my guests, their food on time, but it's okay. Cause I just wanted to make their night fabulous. And then I went into retail marketing for a decade and a half. And, um, I opened new malls across the nation. 
um, and met Sam Fox through that. He actually would open restaurants in my malls. And so we'd get to work together. Um, and he called me one time and said, Hey, do you want to come be my marketing or my run my marketing division? We're growing all across the nation. I need somebody who knows how to do development or growth marketing. And I said, Sam, I don't know anything about restaurant marketing. And he said, good. I don't want any of that. I want our own. I want different. Just come do your thing. And so I got right in and I just fell in love with the humility and um, the humbleness and, you know, what hospitality and restaurants are all about. And that really honestly hooked me and held on to my heart. And again, the energy and we don't sleep and, you know, it's, right, it's, right. there's never a dull moment and it just, it hooked me. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine being anywhere else. That is a beautiful story, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so I call the restaurant or hospitality space the business of a thousand details because literally yeah. there are. And if you're an owner, entrepreneur, or a general manager, you got so many balls in the air. You're spinning the plates. The unexpected is always around the next corner, and you can't be an expert at everything. No. And you can't always. Not every restaurant, you know, has the luxury of having a marketing dedicated person or a marketing no. VP. Even if you've got a small chain of restaurants, you know, sometimes it falls on a person and it's one thing they got to have a crash course in. They got to figure out what works. They've got to get, you know, awareness for this place. They have to get repeat business. They have to create unique promotions. It's all of that and so much more. And you're telling us that you went into a really high profile situation without knowing anything about restaurant marketing and you got this crash course yourself. And that was a good thing because that's what Sam Fox was looking for. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for the average restaurant owner or general manager that needs to put a marketing program together in a single location or even a couple of locations and what they would do first and what's most important in today's marketing world? Yeah. You know, I'll say first to them that it will never change. Um, I will go to my grave with this. The most important thing you can do is give your guests a good experience and no marketing in the world will, uh, will replace that ever. And so if you focus on your four walls and make sure from the time that way they walk in the door till the time they walk out, no amount of marketing budget will replace that. So if you have that down, on top of that, um, we really uh, now look for experience in our four walls and marketing has become a layer. This is very different and unique um, because we don't do a lot of promotions. I don't think that's necessary. What you can do is look for ways to extend your brand inside your four walls. We call it environmental branding. This is how do you bring in a local artist to do a huge mural on your wall? That way there's a photo opportunity. So your guests are automatically doing social posts. You don't have to do anything. You have a local story. You can talk about the artist that you brought in. Um, you can make sure that your uniforms are on brand and your staff looks great. And that's an extension of your brand. Um, you can make sure that the decor around your uh, restaurant feels experiential. How can people engage with it? And so to me, that's the most important marketing that you can do today. Um, and I would invest in that before I ever placed an ad. That is excellent advice. Uh, you know, we used to call it internal marketing, but the same mm -hmm. concept applies same. for walls. Mm -hmm. And there's so many opportunities there for brand building and for unique things that are 
you know, important to your local customer, like you mentioned the murals and, and the photo ops. I mean, we used to do a lot of that as well. You know, we used to have those like amusement park dioramas where you could stick yeah. your head in there, take the photos and the kids especially would love yeah. that. That was themed or branded toward our restaurant. I mean, there's a million ideas there, but literally, and I'm sure you would agree with this. You can do such a good job with training your staff so well that they're brand ambassadors for your business. They're giving such amazing experiences to your customers that then the customers become brand ambassadors. And now you've got an army of people, every one of which is on social media, posting great times. The camera phones come out. The plates have what I call mm -hmm. wow factor. Your yeah. concept is so unique. I'm sure people are taking pictures, you know, photos of the and, and putting it on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But I mean, this is cost effective stuff. Yeah. And you may or you may agree with me when I say there's so many restaurants out there that are taking that shotgun approach by spending thousands of dollars on traditional marketing and they're putting radio spots up and TV ads and they're doing direct mail campaigns and putting ads in newspapers. And unless everybody who walks in the door and says, you know, hey, Joe, I heard you on the radio and that's why I came in, you'd never be able to track the ROI. Right. Yeah. Right. I, you know, if you have the budget to do it and some restaurant groups do yeah. great, you know, um, if you're growing nationally, those things can be effective um, de depending on what your goals are. But, you know, I would definitely invest in what you call, you know, in the four wall restaurant marketing before anything else. There is nothing more powerful than word of mouth. Um, they, your guests and your team members who we consider an, a marketing audience, our staff, um, they'll do all the marketing for us. We invest in them. We make sure that they're flower children. You know, we, we give them swag. We give them, you know, anything they want. We incentivize them to go out to uh, concerts and live the life. And so they are posting for us um, and really do the best marketing for us. I, I couldn't pay for it. That is, that is wonderful. So you're creating a family of staff that feel a sense of belonging to Flower Child. They totally get the concept. They're living the lifestyle. They're spreading the word. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's perfect. Is there a common uniform that the staff wears or any type of special dress? Or is that just encouraged to be your own unique personality and be who you are? I mean, what's that about? We give them some guidelines to be safe. You know, it's yeah. denim and like flowy shirts for the gals and mm -hmm. the guys. They have these really cool aprons that say flower child on them, but you'll see like bandanas and you'll see, you know, really great denim and they just look great. You know, the team that we have that come to work in flower child, they really do embody the spirit. And so they are proud to walk through the door and look like a flower child. Right. Um, we don't have to give them a lot of direction, luckily. Has there been a growth strategy that you can pinpoint for the listener that takes us from that single, well, takes us literally from true food kitchen to the, mm -hmm. the initial um, flower child location? And now we've got something powerful here that we can brand and that we can build nationally. What would that strategy look like to, to go from a single location and then roll that out? I mean, were you involved in selecting the locations or the states or the cities and, you know, the real estate acquisitions? And I mean, there's so many pieces to that puzzle. I don't want to overwhelm you with the question. No, I get us, it. You know, well, tell about us everything growth, you yeah. can about it. Yeah. So Sam um, and our president select all of our real estate, but we do work very closely on 
hey, what can this market do? And what are we going to expect from it? And um, we're, we've gotten pretty good at understanding what we're going to get out of a store. And so um, for Flower Child specifically, we knew the success of True Food. Um, so we opened up our first location, Flower Child location, across the street from our home office. That way we could be there all the time, which I'm sure our team didn't love. <laughs> we were in there all day, every day, um, and just felt it out. We have never opened a new brand um, and already had a plan for the second one. We always open one concept and let the guests tell us, you know, is this something that they want another location? And so we immediately knew with Flower Child that this was going to be a multi-location um, concept. So we grew the brand to, I think, four the first year. And then after that, we've been opening about eight to 12 every year after that. Um, going to the East Coast, you know, that's new for us. We are, we're a West Coast company. Uh, we went to the East starting last year and now we have 22 locations. Um, I think the most important wow. thing that we've done is dive in. We don't treat any store differently than our first store. And we get to know the community. We understand who our important community partners are. Um, we look at the real estate. We sometimes see something in a piece of real estate that nobody can see. We just converted a really old piece of real estate in Charlotte, totally redid it. Now we're in a, you know, redevelopment story in the paper down there. Um, and I really think we turn neighborhoods around sometimes because we see golden, you know, we see diamonds and, um, and just some beautiful real estate that nobody pays attention to. Um, and so we take every location piece by piece. We, we're not big planners. It sounds like the company is so big now that there's specifically a market research division, but do you get involved in that at all before the, I, a new store comes on? We, I do. And my, um, my responsibilities fall into uh, competition um, how our competitors are doing. So really, what is what does the market have an appetite for? So what are sales projections? You know, what can we expect from a store? Is it going to be you know a three million dollar store or six million dollar store, and or somewhere in between? And so then we when we put together our sales projections, um, I'm involved in that part from the very beginning. Can you describe a typical day in your marketing life working for Fox Restaurant? Oh, there's no typical day. <laughs> but that's why I'm here. We're all a little manic. What did um, you do today? <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. So today, um, I've done anything from media interviews to met with Sam on, um, you know, I have this idea for a 501c3. We're, you know, getting involved with some community, uh, big community projects that we're excited awesome. about, um, uh, as well as talk to our new partners, the Cheesecake Factory. Um, you know, we have 12 brands. So along with Flower Child, we have 11 other brands to run. Um, we have new locations that are opening next week. So um, yeah, our day is pretty full, but that's why I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's, that is fantastic. God, so many thoughts just came up that I, that I need to ask you about. Sure. So this is, so Cheesecake Factory, obviously another nationally well-known brand that has done a phenomenal job marketing an extensive menu around the cheesecake, right? Yeah. Do you work with that company as well? Or is that a separate division with its own marketing people? Well, we don't, um, 
we don't integrate our marketing, but we are very connected. They're wonderful partners. Um, and so, in fact, their CMO and I are very good friends, Donald Evans. And so, you know, our work doesn't cross over, but we are in touch all the time. Okay, that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Let's talk about building intense loyalty. I call it affinity. You know, that word, yeah. mm-hmm. it means this intense sense of belonging that the customers that come into Flower Child say, you know, that is my place. I like going there. I go there several times a week or several times a month or whatever. And that is your place. Like, how do you create that affinity? Is there anything specific that this company or this brand does to foster that intense loyalty with the customer? We have a very loyal, uh, just organically loyal um, base of customers because of the health spin of the restaurant. Um, And I fought loyalty for a long time because I come from the day loyalty meant like a stamp card or, you know, something to bring with it. And I just was like, I don't want to get into that. Um, And so uh, we are actually launching a Flower Child app in about a month, which I'm so proud of. Um, And it is going to really reward our very best customers, our most loyal guests, um, who just automatically have that brand affinity with really wonderful things. And they're not going to have to do anything but pay through their app. And so uh, I'm totally on board. I love it so much. It's going to have some really cool aspects to it. and really great rewards for every dollar spent or for frequency. However many times you come into the store, you're going to be rewarded. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that's And our much- guests deserve it. Absolutely. You could say that's promotional in a way, but it's cost-effective promotionally, mm-hmm. and it does build that repeat business as opposed to promotions that offer discounts and deals on this and that. And, you know, we, we learned, we all learned a long time ago that whenever you discount something, you sort of devalue what yeah. you're actually selling and mm-hmm. the customer never wants to pay or expects to pay full price again once they've received the discount. So, you know, that goes without saying, but it's just a nugget of wisdom that you're throwing out there with this new app that I think is pretty powerful. That's, that's cool. Yeah, we, you know, through the app, it allows us to um, give our guests, you know, I'd rather give them a full Mother Earth Bowl, you know, for coming three times than a discount that I don't want to devalue what this beautiful, you know, lush, you know, amazing produce that we put in front of them. It doesn't deserve a discount. But if my best guests come three times in one month, you know, I want to reward them. So I'd rather just feed them. Um, And we all feel good. I don't want to jump outside your wheelhouse in any way, but obviously operators and this audience and people on Facebook and all the social media platforms that communicate with us and with restaurant rock stars, everyone is obviously concerned greatly about the labor shortage in the hospitality mm-hmm. space. I heard in one of my former guests uh, a couple of weeks ago um, that there's probably 1 million unfilled jobs in yeah. restaurants and hospitality right now, which is you know, due to low un- lowest unemployment in decades and all this kind of stuff, we don't need yeah. to rehash that. But do you get involved or can you speak at all to the recruiting process to get new staff into Flower Child? Do people just gravitate to it based on the brand? Do you do anything specific to reach these people to fully staff your, your operations? 
Yeah, marketing is really involved in recruiting and retention, and we're very proud of that um, at Fox. As you should be. We we think that working together and creating a brand experience for employees, if um, if our culture is running through their blood, if we're taking care of them, um, if, you know, they, we really work hard to make our brand their lives and part of their life, um, then they're going to stay with us and we're going to have less recruiting issues. Um, and so we work really hard at that. And so it's campaigning to them. We communicate with them all the time. There's rewards, there's incentives. We work, it's our most important audience. So um, I'd rather market to that base of 5,000 employees that we have and keep them and, you know, follow their careers. We do really incredible things called Talk with Sam's, um, where twice a year we invite um, hourly employees to fly out to one of our restaurant locations, and we have about a half a day um, meeting and Sam hosts the whole thing with them. I mean, they're anywhere from, you know, front key managers to dishwashers in the back to sous chefs. And we fly them and we put them up in a hotel and we feed them wonderful food and we take care of them and we you know shower them with gifts. And it, it, it goes so far and they're so appreciative and I'd rather spend all my marketing budget on that. Um, it, it, go, it just really does a lot for our organization, for retention. And so um, putting your employees first is really what mar- how marketing helps in recruiting and retention. Beautiful answer. Can you speak at all to, okay, now we've recruited a great staff. They're motivated. They're living the lifestyle of flower child, but certainly training is essential. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to training philosophies or, you know, daily pre-shift meetings or team huddles or exercises or contests or team building or any of that kind of stuff? Do you get involved in any of that? Um, I'm not directly involved, but again, I work very closely with our training team who is mm-hmm. exceptional and they, we have a very rigorous uh, training experience. So our, all of every single staff goes through a six week training period. We call it the culture of hospitality. And so we teach mm-hmm. hospitality. Um, we get them, you know, drink the Kool-Aid. This is what we do first before anything else. Um, and we just, try to hook their hearts that way. Um, You know, we're here to serve. We're here. We're so grateful for every person to walk through the door. So if we can get a new team member to have that same passion, then they stay on for a long time. So I help with messaging, with how we put together those programs. Um, There's um, shifts before um, or shift meetings before, you know, morning and night. Sometimes there's awards. We're launching this app. We're going to have a big employee launch before we do a guest launch where we're going to give away $500. You know, we're going to, we have swag, t-shirts, sweatshirts, pens. So that's where marketing gets involved again, just to really um, engage our employees and they stick around. I think they really appreciate it. High retention rate comes from recognition and rewards and creating an ideal environment where, like you said, you call it the culture of hospitality. I take mine a little bit beyond that. Um, When I ran restaurants and I just bought a restaurant last week, so I'm back in the game. Thank you. Um, We called it the culture of hospitality, family, and fun. And it was all based on hospitality. I mean, I'm just going to throw out. No, I'm going to ask you, can you give us your definition of hospitality? Then I'll tell you mine. 
What my does definition hospitality of, mean to you? Yeah. Hospitality means to me that whatever it takes, the person that you're serving that comes into your restaurant leaves happy and taken care of. That's simple. That's simple. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does it mean to you? Very similar. I was going to say, we always used to train the staff that hospitality is absent when something happens to you and hospitality is present when something happens for you. Mm. you know? Oh, I love it. So, so much better than mine. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we're saying, we're, we're talking the same yeah. language. We're both drinking that Kool-Aid, but hospitality. So that's the hospitality part. The family part, I think I mentioned earlier, where your staff enjoy the ambiance, they enjoy the camaraderie of both the customers and their teammates so much that they feel, and, and the way they're treated by management or ownership, right, mm-hmm. creates this culture of family where the staff feel like family, they're treating the customers so well so that the customers feel like family and then everybody's having a whole lot of fun. So culture of hospitality, family, and fun just kind of elevated the whole brand of our restaurants back in the day. I love it. And that's what I'm working on today in in this new location. Good for you. Let me ask you, I know you work with Bread and Butter, which mm-hmm. is a, a publicist or a PR firm, yeah. and I'm very thankful to them for reaching out to us. They're bringing us really amazing guests, and I'm so oh, glad good. They, they introduced me to you, Anita. Thank you. Do you recommend that other um, restaurant operators hire a publicist, and what can be done with the power of public relations or press? Uh, you know, I think... If there's anything outside of your four walls that a, a marketer should do for a restaurant is to have a great PR partner um, and not for crisis situations, you know, though that's important, but it's mostly because you want your guests to remember their experience um, when they're outside of the restaurant and nothing is more authentic than what you can show through media and public relations and PR today is not what it used to be. You know, it's not just what you see on the morning news um, or in the paper. You know, it's community relations. It's through social media. It's through bloggers. It's through podcasts, which we love, you know. And absolutely, there's just media now and word of mouth is gigantic. And so one person can't do it all. And so um, a company like Bread and Butter with really great people who has their pulse of um, all of those media extensions, I'll call them, in every market is so important um, because then your message gets out and your guests are remembering and hearing about um, other people's experiences at your restaurants and remember, oh goodness, I remember when I went to Flower Child in Charlotte and it was so amazing and this blogger just had a great experience there. I'm going to go back tomorrow. Um, And we really, really um, hang on our PR partners, Bread and Butter, to help us with that experience. Thank you. I think that's great advice for any single independent operator who really wants to push their brand forward or, you know, a small multi-unit locational chain, that sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, and I would really um, advise them to push their PR partner. Um, Don't accept just the traditional, here's the media I'll reach out to for you. You know, the questions are, okay, that's great. But also, you know, who are your um, podcast contacts? Who are your blogger contacts? Do you know mommy um, bloggers? Do you have influencers in your market? Um, What about um, people who are working for the paper but not necessarily reporters? Um, So there's just media today is so undefined. Um, So if you are a restaurant 
operator and owner and going to hire somebody to help you with PR, make sure you stretch them. Also good advice. Let's switch over to the all important online reviews and social media piece. And it all begins with impressions in the restaurant, of Mm -hmm. course. And it's unfortunate that sometimes negative impressions far outweigh positive impressions. You know, you're not going to forget about a bad experience that you have in a restaurant. And even if the staff or the, the operation does everything they can to turn things around, there are people out there that just have an experience and they're going to be very quick to go to social media. So do you get involved personally with answering, you know, on a national level on, on social media or on online reviews, negative reviews? Do you have other people that do that for you? And what do you suggest the independent operator do when, you know, okay, I got positive, 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 and here's a negative review. Do you respond to all the reviews, some reviews? What's your best advice there? We, well, depending on the platform. So, um, so the answer to the big answer to you is yes, we're very involved in answering all of the reviews, positive or negative. And we find that answering a positive actually um, is a lot more time engaging um, and really well respected by um, the guests on the other end. And it's unexpected. And so something that I really recommend, um, even if it's a simple, hey, thanks, can't wait to see you next time. Um, that's super simple. There's a lot of tools right now that can help you answer all of those uh, remarks if it gets to be overwhelming. There's a tool called Banga. Um, there's some online tools through Google. Um, and that way you're not sitting at your computer or you're on your phone all day. You know, who has time for that? Um, so it can help with some of that answering. Um, if we do have really negative reviews, we absolutely try to recover every guest. And our GMs are actually involved in that because we want it to be very authentic. We want to um, make up for the bad experience inside the store. We want them to know that face, that voice. Um, And so we work hard to recover every single negative review. Um, Sometimes they'll take it. Sometimes, you know, they won't. But um, we won't won't stop trying. (laughs) That's an important point you're making also. Can you always tell which location had the negative review? We can, because usually the guests will say, um, you know, if it's on Yelp, um, we have a a proprietary um, comment on our website called Talk to Sam. So we invite guests if they have a poor experience or a good experience or anything, any comment on our food to send a Talk to Sam. And it goes really to Sam. Um, People sometimes write in and say, hey, is this comment really going to Sam Fox? It does. It goes to our whole leadership and executive team. Um, and we respond to every single comment. Um, and it's a lot of work, but it's probably one of the most important things that we do that our guests feel heard. And we're, we're never too big to take care of them. Um, and so we, we will never let that go. Sounds like you have a very fulfilling job and a very fulfilling organization. I do. Yeah, I'm so lucky. That is that is awesome. I mean, I'm I'm getting the passion and I'm getting the satisfaction that you have in the job that you do and in the people you work with. And it sounds like a really amazing company to work for. It is for sure. For sure. I'm lucky to be here. Can I ask if we've missed anything or if there's anything else you'd like to tell the audience about marketing and restaurants or hospitality in general? 
Um, I think just, you know, um, never settle, never rest marketing and restaurants are both two things that are changing daily. Um, don't let it get you down. Let it motivate you. Let the mystery motivate you. Let the journey motivate you. We are always looking for the next new marketing idea. Don't hang your hat on one thing. Always explore. Um, and so, you know, whether you put everything into your social and digital marketing or your traditional marketing, or all you can do is um, make sure your guests are taken care of in your four walls. Um, be proud of that and do it to the best of the ability, but don't let all of the noise of modern marketing and modern restaurants and how they're changing get you down. Just do the best at what you can do. Well, you gave us an amazing overview of marketing on a large level that also had so many nuggets of wisdom that applies to a, just a single independent location or a multi-unit location. I think that was great. And I have to thank you so much for it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a delight. It's my pleasure entirely. Well, thank you, Anita, for being on the show today. And thanks, audience, for tuning in. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Guys, I really love speaking with dynamic, independent operators and heads of really fast-growing restaurant companies. Whether they be single-unit operations or multi-units, it's always exciting to talk shop. So I'm hoping you got as much out of that episode as I did. It was all about brand building and marketing and how you can move your operation forward. Listen, if you have any pain points or challenges in your restaurant, whether they be financial-related, marketing-related, training a staff, finding and keeping a great staff... I can help. We have the Restaurant Rockstars Academy with several levels of membership depending on what your needs are. So check it out at restaurantrockstars.com. It's called the Academy, and it's sure to help you dial in your operation for maximum success and profit. If you need a helping hand with your business, I have a limited number of coaching opportunities available. Yes, again, I love working one-on-one with restaurants, and we'll dive deep into your finances, your marketing, your operations, your staffing, your training, your development. I do all of those things, and over a 25-year career, again, I just love diving into restaurants and seeing what makes them tick, figuring out what the challenges are, and turning things around. So you can reach out to me, Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at restaurants restaurantrockstars.com whether you purchase the turnkey academy series of systems or you just chat with me drop me a line again i'd love to talk with you if you like what you're hearing please give us a review on itunes it'll help other owners and managers find us and we hope you enjoy the episodes thanks for listening we'll see you in the next one Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.